My cardiologist has recommended that I discontinue watching Big 12 basketball. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Two clerical things to begin before we talk basketball. First and foremost, I am in a new house. First time renter here. And I need advice on how to keep the floors clean. It's dirty and grimy already. But I also live on the East Coast, second and second most. And this place, like... It is, it's 11.35 and I'm podcasting about basketball. I want you to know they love you all that much. I'm almost like, what, 10,000 followers or subscribers or whatever you use or do. So do the thing of whatever makes that number go up. Big 12 basketball is eternally insane. I want to start with BYU and Houston, but I can't exactly start with BYU and Houston. I need you to bear with me today. We're going to get into that game in the middle segment specifically at about how bad officiating is in the Big 12. I'm not going to say that Houston won the game because of the officiating, but I do want to make a strong case about the referees in Big 12 play. And at the end of the show, let's give a little shout out, a big shout out actually to TCU women's basketball, who if you haven't heard the story, it is nuts. They are American heroes as we speak. Last night in Big 12 play, what I I, what I said to open the show is true. Consult with your cardiologist if you're a fan of a Big 12 basketball team. And it really doesn't matter who you are. You could be a West Virginia fan. You could be an Oklahoma State fan, as we saw with both of those teams last night. Even those two squads, despite having down years, or really down years comparatively, are in games night in and night out. And I know West Virginia wasn't exactly close at UCF, and they just beat Kansas. So you get this hope. You start to believe. And I'm okay. I, I went to the cardiologist this fall during Big 12 football because it was so – because I was put into a tizzy by this league and was told that I only had slightly high cholesterol and everything else was fine. So if you're feeling a little I- iffy, at least get it checked out. I did because that's how nuts this conference is. For a for a West Virginia – and for Oklahoma State, too, I think you can loop both those teams in. Those are the two worst teams in Big 12 play. And I said on yesterday's show that kind of the season is over for whoever loses that game between UCF and West Virginia. I don't know if either of them will make it to March. It didn't look like West Virginia was going to. Their only way was they backdoor their way through the conference tournament, which I guess is still possible. They're still going to go to the conference tournament. Will they win it? I don't think so. But for a UCF... Now, this this puts you squarely in the range of, uh-oh, you might make the committee make a tough decision. You, you might make college basketball look at the Big 12 and go, shoot, can we put double-digit teams into the tournament? UCF has the length. UCF has the defense to be a tournament team, holding West Virginia to 59 points. That Kansas game specifically, I just – the thing that blew me away was – UCF looks bigger. They they look like they're bullying Kansas at home in that game. A guy like Ibrahim Diallo, I, I, what, 14-12 in like three blocks last night too? Nuts. And that that's the best that he's given you. That's the best that he's played really I, this season that I have seen, that I've watched an entire UCF game and thought, oh, this guy's a problem for everybody else. UCF good at basketball, West Virginia, I'm, I'm sorry. For TCU... Can you please just make free throws consistently? This goes for a lot of a lot of the Big 12. 
Oklahoma State only gets 26 rebounds in this game. TCU gets 38. TCU only turns the ball over nine times, but Oklahoma State only turns it over five times. TCU shoots 20% for three. There's a there's an avenue in this where Oklahoma State wins the game, and they were ahead for uh, halftime. They're up 37 to 33, and in the second half, it never felt like TCU was completely running away with it. And the big reason why is the Horn Frogs 11 for 18 at a free throw line. I am object. Can I tell you this? I'm objective in these games. I don't ever turn it on and go, oh, I'm rooting for TCU tonight. Oh, I'm rooting for Oklahoma State tonight. I very seldom have that. That that doesn't come across my mind. But I do root for good basketball. And some games make me want to absolutely pull my hair out because of stuff like this. 11 for 18 from the free throw line. Now, 17 for 24 from Oklahoma State is not elite either. That wasn't good. That keeps it. If they go 24 for 24, they win this game. That's always a fun argument. People people love to make because they point things out. 11 for 18, though. And when TCU is missing free throws, it's just, oh, guys, hey, you could put it away here. Or, hey, you're, you're 3 for 15 tonight from a three-point line, but the free throws could save you. And it's like TCU still didn't want to just put this game away when they didn't. And, and I'll put it this way. And they didn't really deserve to put Oklahoma State played well. But another example of a Mike Point team playing well and losing always back to that Baylor game. Like, oh, this might just be the way that things are for Oklahoma State. Oh, and six and Big 12 play now, eight and 11. Uh, they'll wait to the end of the year to fire Mike Boynton, but his job is done. And that's not, that's not a question at this point. It's not like a Neil Brown, like, oh, he's going to be fired. And then he doesn't. Uh, if It's not an if. Oklahoma State, there's just not a recovery. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one's not good. Sorry, Mike. I thought he's a good coach. I, I feel bad about that. Texas at Oklahoma, 75 to 60. Maybe, and it pains me, because remember when we had this whole thing with Roddy Terry, who I don't hate, and I didn't hate, and I hate that I had to hate him because of the comments about the horns down thing where he was like, oh, that's, you know, we don't do that around here. We don't act like we won a national championship, and they beat Baylor and act like they act, act like they won a national championship. Moot point. In games like this, maybe this is the only the only time that I will pick a team to root for. I was rooting, of course, for Oklahoma. If Texas loses the rest of their games, I don't care. You know that. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine that you know that. But now I might have to give Texas a compliment. They beat Baylor fair and square. Baylor, like they tried to lose that game by making one field goal in the last nine minutes. And in this game against Oklahoma, Texas, they deserve to win again. And it's even though it's like Oklahoma tried to lose at the very end, like they didn't really want to be there. They couldn't, they were non-competitive in the second half, 43 to 27 in the second half. My idea, the compliment that I'll give Texas, the the idea that I'll pitch the Longhorns is what if they have reversed roles with OU? What if OU is the big 12 team that somehow finds a way to miss the tournament at the end of the year? And Texas on the flip side is the team that ends up making it. What if these two schools have reversed roles? I still don't know if Oklahoma is legitimate or fraudulent. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. And that is sad for Porter Moser and company. And the fact that I'm seeing people talk about how Porter Moser might go to DePaul at the end of the year, that just shows you a little bit of like how people value Oklahoma basketball nationally. And things like this are not going to help you. You got canned by 15 at home. And I, the Lloyd Noble Center is just not like this. There's some stuff, man, with Oklahoma basketball where I don't know if it'll ever get the respect that it probably does deserve. Lon Kruger had some unbelievable years. Porter Moser is a good basketball coach, and this team is good. But 
like from the atmosphere, which was good against Texas. Like this is the time when you have a good atmosphere. And Oklahoma's not known for a good atmosphere in basketball. And you lose by 15. You're non-competitive when it matters most in the second half. Well, we left. What am I supposed to say about that? What am I supposed to do about that? Oklahoma, I award you no points. So may God have mercy on your soul. You got smacked in the second half, and that's not good enough. You want to make the tournament, you can't do stuff like this. Now for Houston and BYU, you are going to be the crown example of why this conference drives me up an absolute wall and why Big 12 basketball is almost unwatchable. That's right, unwatchable, despite how good the product is. This is Locked On Big 12. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your team, and it is every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go to make money. When I think, mm, you know what, Houston's going to beat BYU, then I go in and I tell FanDuel, hey, Mr. FanDuel, I'd like to put some money on Houston to beat BYU, and I win. Or if I say I think BYU is going to beat Houston, I can go in, I can put some money on that, and I would have lost. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, and since we're in the playoffs, FanDuel is your place to go to get in on the action with America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use. That's what I do. I go, I download the app, and I boop, boop, boop. It's all right there. Live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. FanDuel Duel.com is where you got to go. You do slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. Get that 150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. What's up, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by Bad Officiating. It's the reason that I cannot stand watching Big 12 basketball is the product on the floor is absolutely diluted and diminished. The strength of the players, the success of the teams, their ability to be national championship caliber and to give us some of the best moments in regular season basketball are thwarted, are killed by the idea that Big 12 referees are eternally Mega bad. Really not good. If you watch the BYU-Houston game, you know what I'm talking about. If you watch the TCU-Oklahoma State game, you know what I'm talking about. If you watch the Texas-Oklahoma game, you watch the West Virginia-UCF game. If on Saturday you watch that game between West Virginia and Kansas or Texas and Baylor or TCU and I, see what I'm doing. You see what I'm doing? This is... So so can can I peel the curtain back on why I'm making this point right now? Why I feel almost personally attacked by the Big 12 Conference because of the poor officiating. The reason is part of hosting Locked On Big 12, like my, my job, okay? My job as a podcast host is to, is to talk about this conference. Part of that is I watch almost every basketball game in this league as much as I can, at least now that I'm on the East Coast. I hate that it's, it's so late every night, but I stay up to watch it. And I go game to game to game. And one thing is true in every game I watch. The officials suck. And I, I, I know, sorry, that felt crass. I know it wasn't crass. It's not even a bad word, but it felt crass. I know every conference makes this ploy, right? They're like, oh, yeah, well, every conference sucks. The Pac-12 sucks. But, buddy, like, I, I, I understand. I don't exactly have a vested interest, even when, like, a pit plays a North Carolina. I'll turn it on because it's on ESPN. But I very seldom will look at games across the country and other conferences and think, 
hmm, this game is close to the end of the game. The officials tore it apart. They, they called 40 fouls. They called 50 fouls, which I've seen in Big 12 games before. That's not abnormal in Big 12 basketball. I don't get that across the country when I turn on ESPN or CBS or FS1 or any of that. What instead I get is, huh, that was a bad call, or huh, that call changed the game. This is not a matter of this call or that call altered the entire game. As much as it is that call, that call, that call, that call, that call, that all happened within 30 seconds, altered the viewing experience. It altered the the flow. It altered me trying to watch really good basketball that you, the officiating crew, are ruining. Like when we look at the box scores at the end of some of these nights and see that the teams combined for 50 free throws, that there were to combine 50 fouls called or 40 fouls called or 38 fouls called. At some point, we have to draw the line and say, hey, guys. This is a physical conference. We can let them play. I'm watching the BYU-Houston game last night. And I tell you, I don't think, I don't think Houston won this game because of the officiating. I am not going to make that case. What I am going to make the case for here is that the officiating made it pretty unwatchable down the stretch. And look, you're, you're in a situation, if you're BYU, where if you want to win the game, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is have one of your three point, one of your guys that can shoot three pointers, Trevin Nell, make a three pointer. He is wide open, top of the key, gets no easier, down by one, can put BYU ahead by two with around a minute to go, and he bricks it. That is the catalyst, the ultimate catalyst to BYU losing this game. But then that same guy coming down a couple of possessions later, not long later, fouls out because there is a, a Houston defender who has grabbed his arm like he is digging his fingernails in his arm pulling him down to the court and the Houston defender who's doing this by the way again no vested interest I'm not rooting for either of these teams if I had money it'd be on Houston Houston's a better basketball team they won the game because of the better basketball team but then Nell was drugged down to the court and we, we not only would we call the foul on Nell who just got drugged to the floor we go to the monitor to see if we could possibly get Nell for a flagrant foul to see if Trevin Nell may have committed a, flag, a flagrant foul when he got drugged to the floor and it's a moment like that where I'm laying in bed watching this game going, that's unwatchable. Like if I'm a, if I'm a generic fan, if I'm a West Virginia fan, even a fan of another Big 12 team, right? So I'm watching a Big 12 game. I see that and I think, that's so stupid. And it, it may not even have an ultimate difference in the outcome of this game, but why? And, and then when that play is over, when that game is over, I go and I turn on the TCU Oklahoma State game. Same stuff is happening to both teams. Like I go in, I turn on a, a Kansas State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State a couple of days ago. And I, I, I'm rooting for Kansas State. I had actually had vested interest in that game because I had money on Kansas State. Oklahoma State with a minute and a half to go. And I know the fans have become a little more apathetic because the team's so bad. But Oklahoma State with a minute and a half to go, that kind of got hosed. There's a couple of times the ball goes out of bounds. It's happening in the Houston BYU game. If you're a Houston fan, this would have angered me, is – the referees would call the ball out on Houston. No review inside of two minutes when that might have gone out of bounds on BYU. Same thing happened a couple of times late in that Oklahoma State-Kansas State game on Saturday. And I'm thinking, how on earth do we have the best conference in basketball? How on earth do we have the best athletes in basketball in the country? And this is what fans have to put up with night in and night out. This is what players have to put up with, coaches have to put up with. Uh, you, heard, you heard Mark Pope say it a couple of weeks ago, you know, that – he, he, he didn't say the officiating was bad, but 
that's probably because he would have been fined if he did. And I don't think if a coach got to the podium and ragged on this being a problem, legitimate problem in our conference, I don't think that they should be fined. I think everybody would be right behind them. I also, maybe this is the saving grace. It's bad for everybody. I'm not making an excuse for BYU losing that game last night. They are one fourteenth of this conversation. It is bad for everybody on a night where Houston might get a win because the referees leaned a little in their favor late. They're going to lose their next game on the road or at home because the referees didn't lean in their favor. Look at West Virginia. I think West Virginia deserved to lose the game by double digits last night. However, you cannot tell me this was, this was confusing to me. You can't tell me that West Virginia is more physical more physical than UCF. I have watched UCF play enough times this year to say that they're one of the more physical teams in the Big 12. They almost remind me of a Big East team with the length and strength that they have. They shot 25 free throws. West Virginia shot 10. That's weird. You say that West Virginia was trying to bully UCF? No, UCF's the more physical team. That that doesn't add up to me. Now, I don't think, the, again, I don't think the officials made the difference. I think still UCF wins this game probably by double digits. But that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. None of it happens. At some point, like if I do my job fully, I just moved to a new house, okay? So it's been tough to do a podcast every day, but I have to or I don't get paid. I get fired if I don't do my job. If you don't watch this show, if people don't listen to this or click on this, I get fired. And now that has an effect. Like my performance has an effect directly on me and my company. These people, these officials who get paid more than I do, have a direct effect on the win-loss column of these teams, of the stat lines of these players, of even the future of these players and these teams going into March. And they stink. And we don't do a thing about it. That sucks, man. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. I like to drive fast. eBay Motors is the place that I go when I need parts for my vehicle. I have a leak in my spring thing, in my pipe pump that I had to get fixed. So I went to eBay. I was like, type in leak in pipe thing fix. They do. Exhaust kits, roof racks, superchargers, LED headlights. Not only do they help those busted pipes or whatever, they also get you those things. eBay Motors got you covered. Keep your ride or die alive. 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. eBay guaranteed fit means it will fit. It's guaranteed. eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts your car will never need, ever need, the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive. eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion applies eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Today's show is brought to you by TCU Women's Basketball. This is one of the coolest stories in sports that we are ignoring. And I say we, I haven't brought it up enough. And I think the national media started to catch on to an extent, but I'm not sure if we can bring it up enough. They were ravaged by injuries over the course of the last two weeks, whether it was sickness or actual injuries where these ladies going out with torn ACLs to broken fingers to you name it. TCU got to the point where they were playing with so few players they couldn't actually play basketball games. They had to forfeit two games. And the initial reaction across the country is, huh? 
this team that was in the top 25, this team that was so good and could have been a contender in Big 12 basketball, now they're forfeiting games? That's pretty embarrassing. That, that's something that we can laugh at. But no, on the contrary, this team was actually ravaged by injuries, and this team has actually been put in a position where they needed to forfeit games because they didn't have enough players to play safely. And it's not like this squad is a no-win, non-competitive team that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I get it. Like, why? They just suck. So they're trying to bow out. No, they were and have been legitimate contenders. And not only did they beat UCF yesterday in their first game back, which is nuts to me, by the way, they scored 27 points in the first quarter. They came out firing. They only scored six points in the second quarter just to eventually win this game in tight fashion. They showed you that, hey, we can dominate 27-15 in the first quarter, and we can win it when it's tight, outscoring UCF by four in the second half, try to get the win 66-60. to 60. And for TCU, they did it with seven players. They got a volleyball player who's out there helping them out. They've got a, a walk-on. They held, held an open tryout for walk-ons who are just students. Uh, and they got, if I remember correctly, they got three girls uh, in the walk-on in the walk-on ranks that are just you know, like walk. I'm gonna use the word or I've been walking across campus to class. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I could be a TCU women's basketball player. And all three had won state championships at their high schools. And so when you look at a team like TCU that was supposed to be so good and is now ravaged by injury to the point where they had to forfeit a couple of games, having them win a game against UCF is massive. Like that's one of the coolest stories like that, that you make a documentary out of that. You do a 30 for 30 on how TCU basketball with barely a barely enough players to play and a couple of walk-ons and a volleyball player are winning. These were some of the cool tweets that I saw too. I think TCU fans can can bring this better than I can. Uh, and from Colin Post, TCU women's basketball now has as many conference wins this season with a literal member of the volleyball team on its roster as it did all of last year. Hard to see so many players go down, but Mark Campbell has this program headed toward a level it hasn't seen in a while. Ben Doika says, I know the TCU basketball, women's basketball story is crazy and getting a lot of national attention, but seeing all these huge counts, former WNBA players talking about it and rooting for the Frogs is insane. I'll be locked in for the rest of what I hope is a great Cinderella run. I, I All of these tweets that I was going through, just giving a lot of credit. I, and, and maybe again, I want to go back to this when I say like overlooked in the national media, maybe I'm saying that because you can't, you can't talk about this enough. They flex sealed together a women's basketball team out of necessity because they had to do the injury and it's working. They won a game against the TMS or at the UCF Knights. 15 and four. They had four for a couple of games. Yes. But they're still a March Madness team. They could still put together a pretty crazy run, even without a Jaden Owens. They could still do it. By the way, I tutored Jaden Owens in math my sophomore year Mm -hmm. at Baylor. Yep, that's right. Everything, anything that she does, if she ever talks to you about math, Mm -hmm. guess where that started? Yeah, that was a lot of help. Ideas in mathematics. Couldn't tell you the professor name, but I know that Jaden Owens and I... I helped do the math thing, which made me feel good. Uh, TCU, congrats on being awesome. I said it. The Baylor grad said it. Congrats on being awesome. This is a story that I think everybody in the Big 12 should be able to get behind, come around, and say, that is cool. I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad you're actually competing on a, I'll say it, kick-ass skeleton crew. 
Yeah, sorry, fun with kids' ears. Come back tomorrow. We'll talk some more hoops. Coleman Corrales is going to join the show. He couldn't today as long as we're in town. Sorry. I'm going to keep moving into this house and hopefully have more furniture. I'm doing this show from a lawn chair in my kitchen. But I always show up for you because I love you. This has been and always will be. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. No se grande.